Now, we're going to take some questions, uh, but first, if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to offer the opportunity to um, the people online who hopefully should have been logging some questions as we've gone along. We, we've got one name that's coming through that I think needs asking. Okay, all right. Is this one? Do you, yeah, my wife, isn't it? Because I think my wife's watching online. So <laughs> if she's asked, if she's asked what, what, what am I doing drinking beer when I'm talking about a networking event, I'm not answering it. You have to They'll switch off by now. So this is from uh, Lisa and Claire. Right. So we're hearing a lot of good things about people who wish to take the next step up. How does your approach work for colleagues who are happy to stay in their current role and want to understand how they are performing and how they can be inspired to get better at what they do? Yeah, that's a massive challenge for everyone. As I said, I'm talking to at least one person about this earlier. Um, the same approach, don't make it exclusive. Ask them what's working well, what would make it even better. Ask them to understand that even though they want to stay in that role, what's going to change? Now they might just turn around and go, nothing's changed. Well then start to ask some questions about, okay, if you've been in that role for even 12 months or 20 years, what's changed in that time? Systems will have changed, people will have changed, performance measures will have changed, customers will have changed. So help them to see that that inspiration and that drive to continue to do things as well as they have been doing all better comes from that natural evolution in every single role and really engage with them so that what do they want to get out of it? What, what is the job satisfaction from them? And, and ask them the questions to help them to see how they can get from that because you can't just give someone job satisfaction. You have, to, mm -hmm. you have to know what it is that they want and then engage with it. And also I think the biggest challenge is again having that transparent conversation because it's about giving them feedback to help them to understand that it's great you want to stay in that role. Every organisation needs people who want to do that. It's making sure they understand the consequences. So something that I learned from my management experience, and I better not say a name, um, in a large organisation was exactly that. I want to stay in the same role that I've been doing, but I also want to moan about everything. I also want to apply for every job that comes up and then fail the interview by swearing at you or telling you're an idiot. And I always want to sit here and make sure you tell me how wonderful I am. And one of the key things that we said to her was, okay, if you want to stay in this role, fantastic. And we did the conversation around this, what we expect to do, where can you take responsibility? How can you mentor people into the business? And we just made it abundantly clear that the consequence for that is that you can't come and moan at me in six months when Bob, who's also done the same job at the time, is then promoted because he's engaged with this process. Mm. And that particular area we're referring to, <coughs> We actually agreed, that was in an organisation where we were supposed to do four reviews every year. We agreed that we were just going to do one a year. Now, we didn't tell HR that because this was a tick box exercise. So we agreed you'll get one a year because she didn't really want to go through that process. And the reason she moaned was because she just wanted to get on with a job. So we just had to be honest and open conversation and encouraged and congratulated on that. Made sure she understood what she was contributing as a change and made sure that she was really, really respectful of the consequences so that this element of that's what you want to do, that's fine, but don't judge other people. So it's maybe helping to engage with that behaviour really and you know, making sure that ask him what inspires you and see if they say it's ballroom dancing, then great. Have that conversation with them, but they're a human being, so whatever they want, engage with that human element of it. They, they just finished the conversation and you're using any tech basically feedback. I wish. Uh, we are, yeah, that, when you said what didn't work well, it would be nice to have a proper HR system with data and things that work. So we are in the process of 
now moving to how do we turn this digital so one of the things we were very transparent about was we're giving you a form um anybody's listening from us got in the last was one of the things i kept saying was we're going to ceremoniously burn the form in two years time <laughs> because we wanted to get it digital but we're also very aware that you, you can't run before you can walk they were never going to give me that kind of lnd budget now in the first 12 months so that's uh, that's an evolution that we want to move to we want to progress to that However, the key thing was actually getting managers to having conversations and people getting feedback before we can turn it digital because if they weren't ready for that, yeah. they weren't, they weren't, the, the tech would just be the thing that they hide behind, is my view, because it's that person. Okay, is that everything? I've just got a question. Yeah. Um, did it answer okay, fantastic. So, thank you. Any questions from yourselves? Oh. James at the back. Hello, oh, James, you're right. Just the conversation with the chairman at the start, any time you result you can see this health business after the business, is my lower chair, lower attention, or all the way? Yeah, so we, I was challenged, shall we say, to come up with uh, KPIs or, or measures, but also that's what's going to demonstrate it too. So because we are yet to have a full 12 months of inspired performance what we've measured so far is we've linked it to employee opinion employee engagement so just to give you a really rough guide since the first ever misguided employee opinion survey which was done december january we've done two pulse surveys and that just gives us a basic score out of 10 and we've jumped from four out of 10 to seven out of 10 in that time scale where inspired performance has been implemented I'm not saying that's the sole denominator for that we've done in all our engagement partner is amazing he's done an awful lot of things with that however we've had direct feedback from leaders and colleagues say that has had an impact we the, the big thing that i'm probably most proud of is this complete turn from only 20 percent managers doing annual appraisals by the end of august and this is just pure coincidence and fluke by the way and it's probably like 79.5 percent but we've rounded up to 80 percent of our workforce have now had their first inspired performance review by the end of August. So for me, that's a great sign to take. But yeah, we challenged ourselves to improve the leadership feedback in the next employee opinion survey due January. So we want to increase that by a quarter. It was 44%. So we want to get that. My maths are not very good, but we're aiming at, I think it equates to around 60% is what we, and that, and the question particularly around inspired performance. And from a retention point of view, now it's difficult it's because people will leave no matter what you do. Um, so one of the things we were able to identify is that we were losing people within the first 12 months and a lot of that because they weren't getting feedback. And we were probably selling the dream and then the reality perhaps wasn't there and a lot of that was because they didn't get their relationship with managers. So we, as a collective team, and it's going for us to be part of this, we're aiming to reduce our turnover within the first 12 months by 25% of that equates to around about 30 people and then that equates to i can't remember the figure whatever 30 times three thousand pounds is because we average our cost of recruitment three thousand pounds is that ninety thousand pounds should know that should 30 times three so we've been able to um identify and measure key business measures um but like with anything that obviously has to come to the specific business that it's within really. Following on from that question, probably really good. Um, in terms of talent, so you're still doing the talent reviews that think twice a year. Yes. And how? What impact have you seen on that in terms of measurables and improvement? 
So that, that's something that's very in its infancy because we, we're currently doing the first set of talent reviews across the business now. What we've seen out of that is, and I guess for me, this is one of the most important things, but I appreciate it's probably less tangible, is leaders now thinking very differently and even just sitting in a room and having that conversation about names and engaging with them as to the feedback they've given to the development that's going to lead to and the flight risk element, actually having tough conversations to say, okay, who's a flight risk? For whatever reason, poor performance or the top talent, they might, they might fly the nest. So I think engaging leaders in that way, because one of the biggest problems we had was, and, and this is prevalent in every organization, but particularly in startups, somebody comes along and hands their notice in and our reaction is, we'll give you a pay rise or we'll change your job title, we'll give you a promotion. And then there's no real talent or succession development linked to it. So it's now about addressing that. that that's, I think, the key thing from the talent reviews. I think probably one of the biggest things that's probably made me smile a little bit is that people are really forthcoming to have those talent reviews. It's like something that they want to do. And probably the biggest challenge is actually just having the time to do it. And then I think for me, the, the measure or the tangible piece of that is, is just going to come with time. So I, I've said to our organisation at the opportunity, the first time we'll have a truly effective definitive talent review will be next summer because that'll be the third time that we've done it as an organisation so benchmarking will have taken place and we're then able to say well Fred was doing this 12 months ago what's he doing now or what's the conversation we've had so yeah it's kind of very much in its infancy. Yeah. So this was something that we wanted to this is kind of the boring bit of a curriculum list, but it's a very dry and trusty way of doing it. This was to remove the ambiguity where two managers from the same part of the business would tell you two completely different things about what that role did or the capabilities and skills that they needed. So we've identically uh, sorry, purposely created that with the aim of it being a one pager. And ultimately, it will sit alongside the job description because the job description should tell you what you are going to do, process it, what you're supposed to do. That's all about the capability plus understanding element. The agency question that's done with the leaders, they have responsibility for that. And we encourage them at every step to engage with the person who is doing that role because they should know best. And there's, there's a few examples, the, the pink and black booklets, that's our competency framework. So we created that in a way that people can really have open conversations about that. They can really kind of define exactly what that looks like. So, I mean, it, it, for the, I guess we're not a digital business in that kind of di um, distinct definition, but we have a lot of digital roles. We design, administer our own website, we have a, a user experience team, etc. Um, and that's about the business that have embraced it, and uh, it's really challenged them, uh, particularly our IT team, to think but, about. Yeah, that's quite a good idea or something at that level rather than actually process because yeah. it's better. Yeah. And that informs recruitment, because again, that, that's what somebody should see if you apply for a job, because job description is for two or three pages long, you've lost it, and actually, half the stuff on the job description, they don't do something in the job Yeah. I mean, does, does anybody know what the job description said? I think I got mine when I joined, no one's it again. So yeah, that, that's a very succinct, this is what the capabilities are. Yes. 
Yeah, I appreciate our printers, you can't really get full feel of it. So we've what's in that top box is we suggest up to eight competencies for each role, because any more than that, it's too much. And then in the review form, there's drop-down boxes to choose those competencies. So there's a, there's a complete um, continuation, if you like, of what's actually your role profile. He said what you discuss at your review, so there's that complete consistency. I think there's one question over there. Hello. No, there's not. Um, in, in the people team, that can give us some challenges because you yeah. need to help people to understand that there's a balance between living our brand and being a pillock. Yeah. <laughs> so we need to make sure that you know bad behaviour. <laughs> um, bad behaviour is bad behaviour. So yeah, that's that element we talked about before in terms of bringing your whole self to work. Yeah, but we. We have to encourage that because we have to think like our customers do. So, yeah, I mean, our this is why our population is so full of millennials and uh, younger because our bullseye customer are 16 to 25 year olds. So, we have to create a culture where we understand how they're thinking. I mean, it's lost on me because it's 16 to 25 year old women. So, yeah. um, but that's why I'm so prevalent on social media. We really encourage people to kind of take that brand out there. And yeah, there has to be the balance, but it, it does allow you to have quite open conversations and perhaps be a bit more straight to the point than other organisations allow you to be. Well, it's 21. Um, uh, no, I'm not the oldest, thank no. God. We've got, we've got a few in the 50s. Um, I don't know, I'm not the oldest, thank God. I, know, sorry. <laughs> I do feel old when I walk in, yeah. Um, I think our average age, 25, I mean, it's, in the last 12 months it's fluctuated between 27 and now, the last time we spoke to our HR administrator last week was two saying years now coming out at average age of 25. A lot of that is graduates as well, so a lot of that have been put into our business because it's fashion, so they've gone to university to study what they want to do, so they've gone into that business with a real desire to be there. I, I think... Um, I don't know. I always look at it as I say I don't know because I'm a bit rationalist, but I was saying the challenge is the opportunity. And I think we can sit here and moan about the younger generation and it's very different. But I say embrace it. So if, if actually we know that people are not going to be here for five years, don't sell that to them, don't expect it. And have that conversation that if, if this is, you know, our average London service is this this is what we'll give to you, this is what we expect in return. And that's something we are changing as a people team because we've been very guilty of that. We have thought, well, we're misguided, so if you want to work with you, should want to be here forever. It's a nice thought. However, I think we're learning that that's not the case. And hence, obviously, a lot of the things we've put in spine performance. So, yeah, embrace it. What, what, what can we do to really kind of encourage people and encourage them to come in? And if you're only going to be here for 12 months, what are you going to do in those 12 months? straightforward to get people to buy into the brand or are they just those people? You know, are they are they the squad? You know, 
now? Are they the are they living and breathing at Queensland Highlands, or are they do they know, you know are they learning the Way. There's a balance. We um, no, no. We have to be careful that we don't recruit too many of our customers. And what I mean by that is that they just want to work. You know, I'm happy to be here because this guy's going to get a sample sale to get this discount clause. Because then are they really going to see what they're expected to do? Are they just doing it to tell all the mates what they do? You know, etc. So we have to get the balance. I think it helps as well that they're encouraging that brand. To be honest, there's probably more people joining our business because of the opportunities and the job. So I, I went there from a job that I love, but I went there because it was a blank page and you don't get options very often. And because a lot of people, particularly in buying the merch, which is our core population, they can operate in a very different way to established businesses, be it M Brown, be it River Island, be it Next, or a lot of the word, they can come in and really create something for themselves. And it's very fast paced in terms of the amount of lines that we generate. So it's probably more the job. I mean, I think every startup has that appeal, if I'm honest. I think the advantage we have is, yeah, because our brand's out there. So you know, even my mum had heard of Misguided when I told her when I was going to work. So, yeah, the two go hand in hand. And what we're learning as people is get the balance right. I tested it on my mum last night. She, she, she heard the boom boom and printed everything. So I'm sorry. Do you know what we staff discount? <laughs> We've got time for one more. Yeah. Yes. So one of the things you always hear about when you hear about the change in the way performance is delivered in this business is around de-linking and decoupling it from bonus and pay and increase. But not many people actually share how they do that. They just say they did it. Yeah. So in this instance, what did you do in regards to the reward and the bonus? A lot of people do go into the discussion. I want to know how I've done because I know that's going to drive my increase on my bonus. So. They do. Um... I feel very strong about that because that Ooh. actually demotivates more people than it motivates. We can talk about Erzberg and all that kind of stuff. Because I think if you go into that mindset, you never get what you really want. So we, when bonuses have been awarded in our business previously, it was purely done on a company reward, a company performance, because we didn't have clearly, as we talked about clearly, performance measures. So we were quite blunt and to the point and said, well, your bonus you've had has never been limited performance you've got it because the company's performed. So that's what we've done is kind of stripped that out in the, it's all now based on company performance. And that, that's not to say it never will go back to that. Yeah. However, what we must do is give our organization, our leaders the chance to get used to doing inspired performance, to having those conversations, to creating that environment where people can drive their own performance. I think again, like a lot of startups, I know I, I work for a startup, they weren't called startups, they moved a long time ago. I was the 10th person to work for a business. So, in those kind of businesses, you, you get 100 quid in your Christmas card, you get free dues, you get all sorts of stuff because as a startup, you don't have massive overheads. So Misguided have, we in the last two years, bought and opened our own distribution center, which is bigger than Amazon's in traffic back. We outsource that as soon as open book. We bought and developed our HQ. Those things aren't free. So as a business, we've kind of also come to that point where, okay, we've now invested massively, which is, made the profits slow down a little bit, shall we say. So we also wanted to use that opportunity to engage our people to say, what we want to do as a business is actually really drive this forward. Because all that organic growth has kind of been realized and we've got the doers and the pretty little things moving down our net and kind of created this our own retail market, really. <clears throat> so we now want people to really understand that that reward comes from a company performing, 
and then B, yes, what is it that they're doing to contribute to that? Because what we were actually doing was creating an expectation. Um, so we, we as a business make no secret about performance. So it was well known probably January onwards we were not going to hit profit targets. I'm not breaking confidentiality. It's on the internet. It's on company's house. Yet we still have people coming to us and saying, when are we going to find out and get a bonus? Like, what world are you living in? We're not going to make any money. What, what do you disrespect us to give it here? Now, so I can need to say that because I'm a bit brave and I don't really care what people think of that because it's the truth. But we had to create that environment where actually you can't just come to work and expect a bonus. What are you actually doing for it? And I think for me, if that's long established, if you're, if you're a sales organisation, it's very difficult to separate the two. However, I really, really believe in this ethos that even if it is linked to bonus, asking them how they're performing will allow them to see whether their performance should reward in a bonus or not. Because mm -hmm. we can all sit back and think, wait, I'm not scared to get the bonus time. I need to keep the job short because I don't want to say anything. Whereas actually if you leave from, so what have you done to contribute to the business saving money? How are you doing against your performance targets? What sales have you made this year? They'll already start to think, mm, we're 10% down, so the bonus should be 10% down. So yeah, again, for me, it's all about really giving that accountability to them because they will see that for themselves. And I think that's, if you're in a market, look, you can't just pick up what we've done. You can't, because every organization is different. But I think that really thing for me is stick to that ethos of asking people, how are you doing against your performance? And we have this conversation with people where they'll kind of say, well, they're the only person in our business that does this job. So how can I promote them? How can I keep them in the business? And we have those conversations, okay, well, what can they do in the next 12 months to save the business £5,000? If they could just stop wasting paper, I don't know. Get them to think that way so that they can see that the bonus they get comes from the business making money. We haven't got a magical pot somewhere. And, and if we think we haven't keep dipping into it, I, I won't be exactly representing Miss Gaffney for much longer. So. so, yeah, I think it's for me, every business is different, but it's going back to that ethos of asking the person to get them to own their own performance and development. Because they will, they will know whether they what they have done to contribute to the bonus. And that very nicely brings us to half past six. So, <laughs> yes, I'm going to wrap up now by saying um, thank you very much, Tim. Thank you. Okay. Um, thank you to all of you for joining us this evening, including everyone online as well. Uh, we will be sending out an email over the next 48 hours with the download link for Tim's three key takeaways and also the link to the recording for, uh, uh, for the webinar. Um, really hope uh, you've got uh, something useful for this evening and keep your eyes uh, open and uh, uh, your eyes peeled and your ears open for further events that will come up in the near future. I will just uh, have uh, or make one request and that is if you have a story like Tim's where you have attempted to have a go at transforming performance management in some way. I'd love to hear about it because you could be, you know, you, you could be the next Tim, to be honest. So, uh, well, <laughs> uh, so uh, thanks very much and enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank you. Thank you.